Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. Got excited over there, man. What are talking about? Hey, man, where's my interview? Where's my interview? RJ said, hey, brother, it's all you the first break. <laughs> hey, welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations, the show. I interview industry decision makers, CEOs, small businesses, and celebrities, and you learn the secrets of their success. That's what this show is all about. My first guest is definitely that type of person. He's an entrepreneur, fashion designer, investor, television and lifestyle executive, co-founder of FUBU, and author of the book, Money Makes Me Crazy, How I Squandered Millions of Dollars Building the FUBU Empire. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, J. Alexander Martin. Hello, 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 everyone. Hey, Jay, how you doing, Glad my to friend? Be here. Glad to be here. Glad to hey, be here. Hey, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time because I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started here, man. First of all, uh, we got two breaks here. So I want to take my time to just talk about your journey because that's what this show is all about. And that's what I appreciated about your book because a lot of people always see the end game. And the end yeah. game is, you know, they see people successful. But that beginning right. game is what is so key to making you successful. Am I correct in making that statement? No, you're very much correct. Very much correct. Now, and, and actually, but to add to that, there's also another part of it. Yes, sir. When, when, when you look at the end game, where is the end game going to be? You know, it could never end. And sometimes it ends. You know, that is, you, you say that, and it's really crazy because um, my wife always tells me I never appreciate my success. Because I don't, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I move, once I complete a goal, I move to the next goal. And because I don't, I think that's how it really works. And then, then I realize what I've accomplished maybe months later, but I never realize what I accomplished immediately because I'm constantly readjusting the plan. And I think that's what a lot of people make a mistake on. They reach their goal and they, and they feel like you just said, they feel that's it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's not true. Yes, exactly. And that's what you were trying to convey in your book, correct? Correct. 
Now, in saying that, what, what when you when you sat down because I wanted to bring up his name because it was very instrumental. Uh, Ted Mac 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 Lyman. Ted Mac Lyman. Yes. Now you said when you read his book, it changed your whole focus, your whole approach to how you looked at how you had been handling money. How could somebody? You successful now? When you read this mm-hmm. book, now it wasn't like back in '92. Now you successful mm-hmm. now. Why? Why can? How can reading a book? Because I want to let people know that you it's never too late in the game to re-educate yourself or educate yourself and adjust how you're doing business. How could he have that, that big of an impact on you? Well, basically, you know, I came up in the world of 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 of, of people, you know, kind of show me. You know, everything is about show what I have, show what you do. You know, prove what you could do. Um, you know, spin, spin, spin. You know, marketing, marketing, marketing. I mean, I remember right. going to FIT, and and I was in uh, the buying program, buying a uh, merchandising program, and and all my peers were in the merchandise marketing department. You know, going to school for being marketers. Right. And I never really understood that. But again, you know, what I would do is I would, you know, when when we start first started making a bunch of money, first thing I <laughs> want to do is go out. First thing I want to do is go out and buy stuff. Right. You know, all the things I never had. You right. know, all, all the things that, you know, my parents never been, was able to give me. Right. You know, I've had, I've had, you know, if, if you grew up in a household with only one or two TVs, you know, and you had to share it, you know, first thing you do is when you get your, your first home is you put a TV in every room. You Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that, that Jay. <laughs> you know, you know, but, but there's nothing wrong with that. But there, it comes to a point where there is yes. where you have to draw the line. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. and do things differently. And, and one, the, the, the value of that book, uh, of Ted McClellan's book, um, and, and the, co- the collaboration between us two was the fact that he made me understand that I was a spender. Wow. So, so, he, so he, once you once he, yeah, he, once took you the that, he took the blindfolds off. He took the blindfolds off. The blindfolds, right? So but then again, you know, if you obviously you say if you're an addict, you know, once you understand that that's what you are, then you could begin to to kind of help and 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 change your problem or change the situation. You know, I had to understand that what I you know I I I just couldn't take my my I, all my <laughs> money came in and I just had to kind of give it to somebody else to kind of manage because right. if not, it'd be all gone. Right. Right, right, and I, I'm gonna tell you something. I, you're not alone in that journey. I remember when I was going up through the television, starting getting bigger and bigger. The, the money was bigger, you know. I remember one time I had like three Mercedes. You know, I, I had, I had the, I had the uh, ML. I had the uh, ML souped the AMG version and the, just a regular ML, and then I had a, a E3, E3, three twenty. It was like okay. Why are you why are you driving all these vehicles and you can't drive all these vehicles? So so but 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 what what what? Because I want to be honest with with my listeners and also with you because I think we connected a little bit because I was just driven by just because I could buy it and yes. and that's dangerous, correct? Yes, very much dangerous. And I can tell you even in, in a small a small tale, um, you know, I write a book about you know just going to a hotel. And right. you go and you just go to the mini bar, right? And you go to the mini bar and you think, okay, because of convenience, hey, I'm just going to just take, I'm going to take this this bottle, little, little bottle of liquor. But that same little bottle of liquor is the same price as, <laughs> <laughs> as, as a three liter, you know. Oh, but, but you oh, don't think oh, about oh. it because without convenience, you just do it. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I was just I'm in Houston right now. I was in L.A. this weekend, and we were staying at the Intercontinental Hotel. And so 
I, this is just, just so funny you say that because I looked at the mini bar and I wanted one of those uh, some M and M's and peanuts, mm-hmm. and that M and M's and peanuts was five dollars in that room. Right. I just right. got pushed my button, went down to the hotel, and got it for a dollar at the at, at, at the little concession stand right inside the hotel. So. Correct. So it's like, you know, you can say, well, if you got it, spend it. But if you, why just take the time to readjust your thought pattern? Because if you're wasting it on a candy bar or a $10 beer or $8 Sprite out of that refrigerator in the hotel, that means that you're making that same error elsewhere right. in your in your elsewhere. financial planning. Correct, correct, correct. And I'm not, I'm not claiming to be, no, no, I'm not claiming to be or saying that I'm, you know, some big, you know, master wears when it comes to money. That's right. why, again, that's why I hooked up with Ted. You know, Ted is more, you know, um, more, more, uh, more of that. But what I did have to understand is, okay, Jay, if you want to have money for the rest of your life, <laughs> and yeah. you, then you need to figure something out, start changing your values, changing your ways, you know. I I laugh because you. Number uh, no, no, I'm saying this that you are me and I'm you because yeah. because it took me a minute and I was going like, who am I competing with? You know because obviously when you're spending that kind of money, you have to say who are you competing with? You're, you're obviously competing with somebody if you're spending money ridiculously like this. You know mm-hmm. just just you know whatever was ever in your pocket, you know. You you you're spending it. It's not even staying there. It's it's just goals. And so so my turning point for me was just to be honest with myself, and mm-hmm. to be honest with what you're doing is stupid. I had to tell myself, you're stupid, Rashawn. This makes no sense what you're doing. You're stupid. And when I when I made that confession to myself, it really helped me. It really helped me. And what I know the the book helped you. The relationship with Ted helped you. But what were the honest statements that you made to yourself that turned you around? Well, I mean, listen, honestly, the facts are facts. If you look at your bank account, right, at the end of the year. Yes, sir. And and it is nothing compared to what you had before. Yes, and then you look at, you know, if you look at the American Express bill, and it basically itemizes, um, you know, everything, entertainment and, and, and food and, um, you know, and, and bills and utilities and all that stuff like that. And, and when you look at it and you see how much you spent on just thinking you had fun, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how much you spent, not necessarily keeping up with the Joneses, but making yourself feel better. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Because right. a lot of times it's the feel good. You know, when you walk up, when you walk into the mall and you look to the left and you see sale, you think you did something. Right. You think, okay, well, I, you know, but, 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 you, know, you, you know that better than anybody, Mr. Clothing Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm in the fashion business and I'm like, I know better. <laughs> There's a couple of quotes I want to pull from your book I want to read. It's like, uh, you said this, most everything you know about money, you, meaning you, Jay, know about money, business, and wealth, you learned the hard way by trial and error. Right. You also said the purpose of this book is to create a sound voice of reason in your money-making decisions. Like it because a lot of people put their decisions on faith only. That right there is a major mistake. Right. And then you said your financial engagement should be 24-7, 365 days a year. That's, that's, I'm, 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 all three of those quotes, I'm on, I'm on point with you, my friend. Mm -hmm. That, that is why I'm I'm hoping that anybody who listens to this book, because it's going to play, this show is going to be on iHeartRadio podcast, also on the Rise platform. It's to let people know that I'm recommending this book because of the fact that 
you should not be in a position to have any of your money in a child trial and error. <laughs> right, right, moment. right. You know, right. you 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 buying a car, and a year later, the car note either maybe five hundred dollars or fifty hundred, depending on the type of car you get. And you realize, mm-hmm. guess what? Because you know the thing about it that people need to understand: when you start leasing these cars, they put a they put a mileage restriction on mileage it. Mileage restriction, yeah. So you really but, can't but you're not enjoy. At that. You're not you're not looking at that. You're looking at like, listen, I got this car, and everybody's looking at me. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's right there. Let you know that you're not in allowing yourself to really maximize the value of the money you putting out there. Right. If somebody telling you you can only drive eleven thousand miles a year, okay, that means you have to look at that car a different way, and that's how you wind up getting multiple cars because of the fact that that car t- you hit that limit is going to come up. So you go, okay, I I don't want to get penalized. You know, when they, when I turn it in, because I've exceeded miles, let me go get this other car. So you just start mm-hmm. sliding from one era to the next era, and that's the trial and error that you're talking about, because you talk about the Rolex watches, all those things that you said, hey, man, if I spend $60,000, I spend $60,000 on this watch. Why? I, that's that's the funniest term that I love about your book. You use the word <laughs> why a lot. Why am I doing this? Why? Why? <laughs> You know, you, you, you want, you, you know, I look back at myself. I said, well, were, were you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Jay. Jay, I, I, man, this is, you know, I'm telling you something, man, because I, this, this is why I, I'm so appreciative of you getting on the call. First of all, you, you, you're allowing us to, you allow yourself to be honest because a lot yeah. of people who are successful and I'm telling everybody about this is that you got to, you have to have made mistakes to be successful. That way you no, see the problem because that same mistake is going to come up again and how you handle that same mistake is going to be how successful you're going to be moving forward. Cause you and can, I have to admit, I'm, I'm still a work in progress now. Right. You know, right. I still a work in progress, but right. at least now I, you know, I go through the motions of, okay, all right, are you sure? You know, all right, well, instead of getting three, let's just get one. Right. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. 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 <laughs> oh, no, man, this is cool. Uh, they, they tell me I got to go to break. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about a little bit more about your book. We're going to talk sure. about, you know, uh, you as, a, you as a, a man, a man who served our country and how that yeah. changed your life, you know, and yeah, how the team definitely. came together. Because we at least got to tell everybody how the FUBU brand got started, yeah. you know, something we all have worn and part of our lives and how you played such a, uh, 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 an amazing, you know, Damon John, we're going to talk about him, but just like with Steve Harvey, you know, I was there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just like with Damon, you've been there. And we're going to talk right. about your success stories that you have coming up and the projects you have been working on. But I just want to get started with the whole book because that's what people can get now to get information about how you think, what, make it, what right. makes you successful if you follow the, um, the, 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 the platforms and the temperaments. I, that's a favorite word in that book. Yo, what's your mm-hmm. temperament about yeah, how you talk about it? Absolutely, my friend. We'll be right back with more Jay Alexander Martin. Uh, co-founder of the FUBU, FUBU Empire, money-making conversation. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi there. Welcome back to Money-Making Conversation. My guest is um, fashion designer, investor, television lifestyle executive, co-founder of FUBU, and the author of a new book, Money Makes Me Crazy, How I Squandered Millions of Dollars Building the FUBU Empire. The FUBU Empire, just, just three guys getting together, Co-op program. Four, four, four. I, I should say, I'm I meaning you. I apologize. Okay, meaning you right, and three right. more Got guys. It. I apologize. I know it's four, y'all. 
because y'all made the co-op. Y'all made the co-op program, and it just yeah. and, and 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 so and so. But but your initial start to all this was you thought your way to to life was going to be the Navy. Yeah. And you and you got injured in a cab ride, which you said in the book you always felt the safest way to travel was a cab, and you wound up getting injured in a cab. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the first kind of like turn in your life that pushed you in a different direction that you didn't expect to go. And then, and so so when you met these guys, and you got to you start understanding that you all had similar values. That's what that's what really galvanized it all. What was the what was the turning point that said, you know, Fubu? The logo, it was inspirational when it was shown to you by, by Damon. What made you say, we can do this? Because that's what people need to hear when they got all these ideas. They got all, what was the thing, what were the things in place that made you say, we can do this? Well, you know, funny thing about me, people always ask, how do you do stuff? Yes, or, or how did you get to here? Yes, or what was, what was the, the actual method? Right. I think... To be honest, it's drive. And you have to have a certain drive to just do anything. I don't care if it's to, to study for a test, if it's to go to school, if yes, it's sir. to start a business, if it's even just to work, you know, and, and work for somebody. You have to have a certain drive. And my drive was to be more of an entrepreneur and to be successful mm-hmm. because I've seen people around me that were successful, you know. And not necessarily saying that they were mentors or anything, but right. just, you know, I just saw success, and that's what I wanted. And so, you got it. And you got it. And I got it. And by any means necessary, and necessary, I shouldn't say any means necessary as far as, as far as you know, in any in derogatory way. Or, Absolutely. Or, or, Absolutely. Or, or any other way. But, but you know, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to continue working, and continue working, continue working, you know, to make it reality. But, but one thing about even making things reality, too, just to throw out, is that you have to understand what reality is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be four one talking about I'm going to be a sinner, right? And that's so, and, I, I, and I want to back up what you said about any means necessary. Any means necessary if that if you if it's twenty four hours in a day, you learn to use every hour in the day. If you got to stay awake for twenty five hours in that same day, you stay up for twenty five hours. That's the any means any means necessary you, that you're talking if about. If you have to, if you have to do every job in that business, then that's any means necessary. You know, some people just you know, there's a certain I think and I don't want to say people are lazy. Some people are, you know, they want it fast. You know, yes. I understand that I have to go through the grind and you can't cheat work. Yes, sir. You know, mm-hmm. work work knows the difference. You're that, gonna achieve that's true. if you put in that work. That's true. That's true. Because I, I know that and I don't I don't allow, I never allow my employees to frustrate me. Because sometimes because everybody like I said, isn't made from the same cloth or built from the same model. And so you just hire people, but they're not visionaries. And that's what a lot of people have to understand, that if you was hiring visionaries, they're not going to be working for you long anyway. But if, anyway, you hire, yeah. if you hire employees, understand that you're hiring them for a particular task. Don't expect them to come in there and suddenly go and be over there engaging and, 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 and thinking ahead of the curve or thinking a month in advance or thinking of different ways to, to make your business more successful. They're basically going to do what you hired them for. That job. And that's what people make a mistake, too. They just, well, she's sorry. He's sorry. Well, okay, is he? Why? Because I expected more of him. Okay, was that part of the job description? I expected more out of you? Was that written down in the job description? I expected more out of you. And if it was, what was written next to the more? 
because they need to know that so they can do, right. do the job you want them to do. Now, right. now you got one of the jobs that interests me the most is that you're the president of the New York State Black Chamber of Commerce. Please Correct. tell me exactly what is that and how do you empower people with that position? Well, well, basically, I'll give you the backstory. Um, yes, sir. One, um, one, we laugh because I say, you know, Damon's the shark and I'm the dolphin. So, <laughs> true, <laughs> true, true, true. So I, I basically, I um, at one of the trip to Africa, and I met the the president of the National Black Chamber of Commerce. Yes, sir. So I walked up to them, and I said, you know, I'm the quintessential black-owned business. Like, if you know my, everyone knows FUPA when it comes to business. Why I don't know you, why you don't know me? So he looked at me like, huh? And I said, yeah, why do you don't know me? Who, you know, why do we don't know each other? Mm-hmm. So from then on, we started a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I started helping them, the National Black Chamber, out for a while and um, helping them do, do uh, speaking engagements, things like that, you know, and actually just putting in my time. You know, it was this wasn't a paid gig, nothing like that. It was just, just what, I, what I wanted to do because it's to help. Because, again, I'm a, you know, black-owned business and respects. I want to help and bring more, you know, and create more black-owned businesses. Right. So uh, they wanted to put me on the board. And then after that, they wanted to start a New York chapter. Uh, New York State chapter. So they was, you know, they kept kept Jay, you know, maybe you should start it. Maybe you should start it. And I'm like, come on, man. I, you know, I, my time is really, you know, is, is 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 difficult. I don't know if I can be able to do this. So after a while, with, with a lot of coercing and coercing, I finally said, okay, let's do it. Yes. So I started that. Basically, what it does is basically helps, you know, a, a, um, you know, urban. And I don't want to just say black because, again, you know, it is for us to help us, and we are for absolutely, it. But in turn, we still have to open our arms out to a lot of different businesses because if we don't, you know, grow, we can't grow. With we can grow within ourselves, but we can really grow if we can take, you know, take on others everybody. and help others. Everybody, everybody. you mm-hmm. know, because in the world is not just us. You know, although it is, you know, it, 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 although we are the, you know, the top consumers in that, in that respect as well. But you know, I try to help everybody yes. in respects. Mm-hmm. So. So that's what I have. You know, I'm the president of that. Um, um, it's coming newly found um, within like another year, year, about a year and a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in, we've been around, mm-hmm. and we're, we're doing too. You know, we give giving out a couple of loans. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of proud of that. Um, Absolutely, a couple of businesses, mm-hmm. uh, uh, networking, mm-hmm. a couple of networking events, and um, just just trying to help grow businesses. Right, right, and that's important. Now let's go to something even closer to you, Fubu TV. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, your vision, well, basically, your vision, yes. your launch. Yes. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, well, basically what FUBU, of course, has been around for since, you know, actually we're going on we're our 25th, 26th anniversary. Congratulations. Um, um, so we've been around for a long time. And as you in business, you have to kind of, you know, we always just tell us, tell everybody we used to zig when people zag. And entertainment right now is the kind of the focal point of, of how you market, you know, your clothing or market anything. Mm-hmm. So in turn, instead of, we always used to say to ourselves, why, why don't we just do it ourselves? Mm-hmm. So, so, and we've had, you know, a number of licensees. So what we did was say, you know, why don't we start our own licensees? I started the television division and respect because I know that if I, instead of me buying uh, time and on others situations, I'll might as well buy time on my own. Right. You right. know, and then I'll create shows and put put the put you know my clothing in in my shows. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I could do it myself. You know, <laughs> this is, this is, this is, you know that's what we did. Right. Um, right. We actually grown to be. Uh, um, we started out with video on demand, mm-hmm. 
Um, we have uh, we're on um, Comcast, we're on Verizon, mm-hmm. and we're on um, I'm sorry Frontier. Mm. And we have a couple other deals that are pending. I I can't mention it yet until actually done. Absolutely, I know. I know. Um, mm-hmm. But um, eventually, um, and we did this in respect to video demand because one, you know, and I don't want to call it a starter kit per se, but you know, in respect it is. Yes. Um, and we do video on demand, and that's where you know, all the millennials are actually looking. They want TV when they want it. And they want it now. Mm-hmm. You know, no one really wants to go. You know, everybody's time is 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 is, is valuable, so they have they they kind of want to watch TV when they when they have to when they want when they want to rather. Right. So that's why we did that first, mm-hmm. and eventually we probably will go off and 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 have a, a full fledged uh, network, but that'll be in the more in the future. So back to what I was saying regarding us um, creating our own licensees, I. I created the television division. Right. Uh, Carl Brown, which is my other partner, he's tr- he created the hotel division. I heard about uh, we that. Our first mm-hmm. hotel. We have our first hotel opening up in, in Alabama. Um, we have a few other deals that are pending now. Yep. Um, Houston, um, I'm about LA, to say Houston. Didn't know, if I, didn't know if I could say Houston, but Houston, Texas, yeah. Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah. We're looking. Uh, I can't. Um, can't tell you exactly, but I know it's Houston. Okay, cool. All right. Let me let me let me slow down. Let me slow my roll. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Alabama and and Houston. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we have that, and then we also just started. uh, We thought we have uh, internet radio, and then we also just started our um, uh, cellular phone um, slash um, business. So we have we basically did a deal with T-Mobile, and we're using their towers. So we have your own. You have your own FUBU service. Mm-hmm. We're opening a hundred wow. stores, hundred stores in the first year, and um, it's doing pretty good. I'm gonna uh, tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something, Jay. Ain't none of that on my paper. That's a whole <laughs> conversation there. That's a that's a that's a whole ain't none of that on my paper. Did you just talk about the hotel? You know all that branding, and all that. My man. You, 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 I won't say you, you, you've learned, <laughs> you've learned, but more importantly, the whole delegation of the team and taking responsibility in certain zones and building that out, but still under the FUBU brand is what's most impressive to me about the relationships that y'all have created and still build it on. But also, can you give me a quick, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm pushing past my clock. Give me a quick feel about what this internet radio is. Cause that's big. Well, out there. That's that's um that's my my partner Keith Perrin. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's actually started that spearheaded that. Uh, what he de- actually it's just basically uh, hip hop and R and B from the from our era, mm-hmm. and that's what he basically focuses on as, as, when it comes to uh, uh, this um, music. And um you know he does that. it's one of the things where mm-hmm. where you know you 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 look at you look at what's out there, mm-hmm. and again you know we've done very well when it comes to clothing. Right. You know, right now we're back in um, Urban Outfitters, right. we're in uh, Foot Action and mm-hmm. Lids, um, and of, of course, FUBU.com, you can get it as well. Right. And we just did a deal with Puma, uh, <laughs> a sneaker for Puma, and Puma that's coming out. You busy. You busy. Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know. And, you know, how do you advertise? You advertise on radio. How do you advertise? You cool. advertise on television. Cool. Cause you know, cause and you know, radio. That's, that's, that's me now. Radio, you walk yeah, yeah. into my lane. Yeah. That's my lane, yeah, Jay. Yeah, yeah, but come yeah, on now, yeah, you know. come on. Don't don't do but, nothing over there that you should talk to me yeah. about. Just to, just, yeah. just whisper to me a little couple of things. I, I say, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Cause sponsors, that's my that's my mo right there. But yeah. man, it's it's beautiful talking to you. I want to ask you a favor. Can I bring you back on the show? 
Oh, please, please do. Please because do. I, I, because I really want to break down, you know, the book was great and talking about the, the, the whole, but it, all this new stuff is the forward thinking that we should talk about moving forward, man, because, you know, it takes some callers because there's some brilliant stuff that you're doing, man. You and all your partners, all the three other guys who founded in 1982 made a decision when you, you took that insurance money at 7000 you kept you kept a thousand, gave them six, so y'all can mm-hmm. get rolling with the Fubu brand that we wear and cherish and and are proud of because you guys did it, man, and y'all stayed together, and I love it, man. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Thank Jay you, Alexander Appreciate Martin. It. He gonna be back, y'all. We back with more Money Making Conversation. My man right there told you how it is, and guess what? He's still doing it. He will be back in the future on another episode of Money Making Conversation. We we'll right back. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Thank you. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. That's right, Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host of Money Making Conversations. Money Making Conversations is a show where I interview industry decision makers, CEOs, small businesses, and celebrities. They tell you about the secrets to success. My next guest, he's on the line, correct? Awesome. Ready to bring him right up. I'm a fan. He don't even know that, but I'm a big fan of his. My next guest is a very is the very popular CNN political contributor and host of the of the recurring CNN primetime special, The Messy Truth. He has a new book out, Beyond the Messy Truth. How we come apart, how we came apart, and how we can come together. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Van Jones. Hey, hey. My man, I know I've had you on my radio show with Steve Harvey several times. Yeah. And I appreciate you calling in on my show. Because uh, glad to be here. I'm a big glad fan of you. Big, big fan, big fan, and I read the book. And let's let's. Uh, but before we get into the book, let's talk about you. You know your growth as a um, as a brand, your growth as a person that because it kind of like was similar when Steve and I was in New York in 2005, and I thought and I started seeing you more and more on TV, growing as a brand and creating a voice out there. What was the goal when, when, when individuals were bringing you on the on TV, asking your opinions? Was there a goal behind it, or you were just taking advantage of the media opportunity? Well, you know, I've been uh, a committed uh, justice activist yes, for sir. you know twenty five years or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in rural West Tennessee. I grew up on the edge of a small town. I wound up. Uh, going to Yale for law school, so that was a big leap. I was the first one in my family to go to a law school or any, any Ivy League institution. And mm-hmm. when I got out in the early 90s, you know, police brutality was off the hook. Uh, mm-hmm. The prison boom was going down. They were mm-hmm. doubling the number of people behind bars and destroying our communities. And so I spent 10, 15 years on the front lines as an activist with a law degree mm-hmm. trying to do something about police brutality. We right. we wound up closing uh, some youth prisons and um, and, and creating some, some job programs for young people, especially in the solar industry. Mm-hmm. And that's how I wound up working for President Obama mm-hmm. as his uh, special advisor on green jobs and, and clean energy. Mm-hmm. And when the right wing uh, came after me for having been such a left-wing <laughs> radical in my, in my past, um, I wound up, um, as many people do when they leave government, I wound up uh, you know, showing up on TV a little bit right. and wound up with, with a role at CNN. Right. And with that, with that being said, you know, your, your fantastic role, and I've, I've seen you. Now, th- this to me, I'm asking some just some honest question, observational good. question. I got questions I'm gonna ask you about the book and things like good, that because I've read the book. But I gotta ask observational question because I, when I see an individual like you, because you're such a passionate guy, you mm-hmm. are you're one of these guys who wears your feelings on your sleeve, as they say, correct? Because I True. see it. Now, is that good or bad? Well, um, it depends. Um, 
I, I don't think I think we live in an era where credibility used to be the most important thing, mm-hmm. but now I think authenticity is the most important thing. That's true. And you know, Hillary Clinton was very credible, but many people didn't think that she was authentic enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump completely not credible, but he's an authentic. If he may be a fool, he's an authentic fool. That's, and be consistent about it. Be yeah, consistent be consistent. About so, it. so you know, I am. Um, you know, what you see with me is what you get. I, I, I love uh, my people. I love all oppressed, mistreated people. Um, I'm not a Democratic Party hack. If the Democrats are wrong, I'm gonna call them wrong. If, mm-hmm. if the Republicans get something right every now and again, I'll give them, them some credit too. Right. But um, you know, I can't. I can't be something I'm not. Yeah, the interesting thing when the, when the idea of you coming on my show because my show is about it's money making conversations about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. about and it's not a political show, and right. uh, and uh, and so I, I wanted to get that clear with my staff. But then when they sent me the book, I'm gonna read this quote that you had that let me know that I had to have you on the show. And it's a Nelson Mandela quote that's in his book. And it reads, I have fought against white domination. This was said by Nelson Mandela. And I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. That was stated by Nelson Mandela on trial facing possible execution April 20, 1964. That quote to me let me know this is a book, not trying to blast one side, not mm. trying to blast the other side, but trying to say, I'm going to tell both sides of the story, mm. and then, then here's a plan that we can come together. Is that correct? Well, you, you, you said it better than I could say it for myself. That really is um, the purpose of my book. It's called Beyond the Messy Truth. Uh, how we came apart and how we come together, and you know it's tough love for both political parties because right. you know even even though I'm I'm anti uh, Trump, mm-hmm. um, you know the Democrats have not been perfect by any stretch, and we have to really look in the mirror and uh, you know across the board to figure out how we can do something. A whole third of the book is nothing but resources, um, you know, uh, uh, books, documentaries, organizations you can join, left or right, Republican or Democrat, right. black, white, white or Latino. Right. Um, because we all just have to get you know, more involved. We need better conservatives. We need better progressives. We need you know we need everybody to, to up level, because the direction that we're headed in is so negative and so nasty. We're gonna mess around, and not even have a country. And that's very true. And I think and that, that's why I read that quote because you know because some people can you know they because because the media paints their pictures. You know, mm-hmm. Fox is over here got this point of view, and everybody over there is supposed to be fake news at CNN, and supposed mm-hmm. to be anti-Trump over at CNN. They will not. And But your book, I, I wanted to, everybody who listened to the show, the show is all, also heard on iHeartRadio podcast, as well to millions of other people. But I wanted to let everybody know that this quote is the first thing that caught my attention. And then when I went through the book, and when you did an example of the liberal, family and you did an example of the conservative family it was so it, it, it really laid the picture about you, you kind of say this is why we got in trouble you know this is this what led to this problem if you if you upset by why trump won this election let me tell you what happened and that's what you laid the groundwork you you kind of like this is what happened so before you get mad and, and act like it was by accident the groundwork was laid you know when the housing crisis of 2008 
you know, the groundwork was laid when, you know, when Bill Clinton was in office and he was babying Wall Street and then he was turning around creating these prison systems where he was just, just putting African-American men in jail. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you were talking about. You know, you talk about Ralph Nader. You talk about how the impact of Bernie Sanders. Was he a... Was he another version of Ralph Nader way back then? And all this was just a really, comp not so much a complex version, but a good read that really enlightened me, but also confirmed a lot of things that I knew. But hearing, it, hearing you write it in such great detail and with such great passion and emotion, I was uplifted by your book, my friend. Well, look, I appreciate that. And, you know, when I wrote the book, you know, it's called Beyond the Messy Truth mm -hmm. um, for a reason, you know, because the truth is messy. If you really... Anytime somebody come and tell you a story and it's all there perfect and everything they did was 100% correct, <laughs> and this other person, man, they just the <laughs> devil. You know they lying because thank it's you, never. Thank you, thank you. You know, no, the truth is always messy. It's always, well, you know, I could have done this, but she didn't have to do that. And, you know, well, sure, you know, I wish I hadn't said this now, but I did, and now we stuck with that, but, but then they did this. Now somebody's telling you the truth because it's messy. Right, They're putting right, their mess right, on the right, table right, as long as, well as the other person's mess. And that's, and, and that's what I just feel like we need more of that. Well, you know, that's, that, that word messy, that's, that's, that's a neighborhood term. You're just messy. You're just mm -hmm. always up in somebody's face. Messy, yep. messy, 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 messy. That's why yep. I really, that's why I knew you were from the South, you know, mm -hmm. Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee South. I yeah. knew that because we used the word messy. But, uh, but when people see it out there, that, that, that urban spin on messy, it is, is, is basically what you're talking about. It's, it's the adjective. It's how people just take what they want to say and how they spin it and use it to their advantage. That's not what this book's about. This book is an information book. And I, I just want to sell my side because, you know, I can let you come on the show and, and you can talk about it at certain levels. But they also got to know that I read the book and how it affected me. I think that's important, Van. Well, look, I appreciate that. And I hope that people who are listening will... Um, you know, we'll, we'll get this book, we'll order this book, we'll find this book, Beyond the Messy Truth, because there's so much upset. People are just upset. I know people, I mean, they get up in the morning, they, they look at their phone, right. and then they look at, you know, well, he, you know, Donald Trump tweeted this, and then they spend the whole day just miserable and mad. And they, what they don't understand is that's a part of his plan and his strategy, mm -hmm. to keep everybody distracted and divided. Mm -hmm. And the problem is not that we have, you know, too many bad people doing bad things, we have too many good people, millions and millions, tens of millions more good people who just don't know what to do at all. Confused. And, Confused. and that's the real problem. And so we're trying to empower people. And, you know, I know this show is for people who are looking to make money. Part of the thing that I wanted to say uh, at the outset mm -hmm. was that you need a stable political and legal environment yes, to make money. Mm -hmm. Democracies can fail. Yes, sir. And whenever you've seen a failed state or a failed democracy, you, you nobody's making any money except maybe the you know, arms you know, dealers. <laughs> yep, yep, but yep, yep. you know what we have to do is to be whole people. Mm -hmm. We need to be you know making money. We need to be making a difference as well. We need to be good consumers and good entrepreneurs. But we also need to be good uh, community members and citizens as well. Mm -hmm. And right now, I think that both sides are so comfortable just pointing out the other person's flaws. Yes. You know, it's almost become a politics of accusation and no confession. It's all projection as to what you did wrong, no reflection on what I could have done better. And that does, you can't even have a family that way. You can't even have a, a kindergarten class that way. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to have a whole country that way. It's not going to work. No. And, so, and the business leaders honestly need to be the ones stepping up to the plate even more, 
not necessarily running for office, but just, you know, up-leveling and saying, hey, listen, um, you know, America is about the business of business, but of anything else. Right, right. And y'all about to mess around here and make it where nobody can get ahead because, you know, it's just so negative and so nasty right now. That's painful. I, I will be right back. We're going to take a break. I hope you can hold on, um, Van, because I want to talk about oh, yes, when sir. you got arrested in 1993. Yes, sir. That shock, you know, when, you know, no justice, no peace. I was in, I was in L.A. in 1992 when they jumped off with Rodney King. That had a profound effect on you and your political views today. I want to talk about that Bryce family, you know, that, that liberal family, when you realize yeah. that they suddenly had conservative values. Because guess what? They just wanted a job, man. They just wanted a job. <laughs> We'll be right back with my man, CNN contributor. I tell you, I love this dude. I'm happy he spent six of time to call my show. More with Money Making Conversation. We'll be right back with Sean McDonald. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm back. On hold is my man Van Jones, CNN contributor. Uh, his latest book, his latest book is Beyond the Messy Truth, How We Came Apart, How We Came Together. It's been out since October 10th. I got him on the phone right now, and we're going to discuss that in this break. How you doing, Van? Very good, very good, brother. How are you? Pretty good. I appreciate you. Now, read this book. And, and a good read. Learned a lot because you break it down in chapters. You, 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 label, you label people. Liberals, you label them conservative. You say this is what this was wrong, and this is how we can fix it. Liberal, hear me out. You go with the conservative. This is who you are. You label them, and you say this is how we can fix it. And then you talk about how we can come together, and you lay out different different uh, informational ports that they can go, websites, all that stuff they can go to get information to get the truth. Because that's what this book is all about: is the truth correct? Absolutely. Um, and and you know it's. Some of these issues that we forget, um, look, there's some issues we just got to fight over. I mean, we just, there's not enough agreement, there's, and, and people are too passionate on either side. I'm never going to, uh, you know, abandon the Muslims in America. You know, American Muslims are some of the best Americans that we have. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they got the lowest crime rate, the lowest divorce rate, the highest educational attainment for women in, in many cases, mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurship. I mean, every Muslim I know got a job, a college degree, <laughs> or a business. I don't know why we're supposed to be mad at them. So I'm yeah. never going to back off defending Muslims or mm -hmm. Dreamers or mm -hmm. LGBTQ or Black Lives Matter. And we're just not going to agree on that across these different divides. But there are, uh, you, but you, and so we have to fight. But you can't only fight and still have a country. Right. Even if you're going to fight from nine to noon, mm -hmm. you should find something between you know noon and one to work on together. Right. You know, right, 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 to make right, something right. positive happen for the country. So you know you have this addiction crisis across the country, especially these op opioid painkillers that people are just dropping like flies. And you know my good friend Prince, uh, the late rock star, he mm -hmm. was killed. Mm -hmm. um, by his addiction to opioids, and yet coal miners are dying of the same thing. Mm -hmm. We should be able to come together behind stuff like that. But 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 um, but but corporations are selling it, and it's legal. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing. We have some ideas in the book, though, that would uh, come up with the safer alternatives to help people get off that stuff, mm -hmm. um, and 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 not do the detox and die thing. Because a lot of people they they, they do the detox thing. But there are no uh, supportive drugs, you know, to help them stay off and, and get off in a safe way. And they wind up relapsing and then they, they overdose because that old dose is too high for them now. Right. Mm -hmm. These are the type of things just real. See, I'm, I'm dealing with real stuff. I'm not dealing with tweets. <laughs> I'm dealing with real life issues that people need to be focused on. You know, we got too many funerals in America for dumb reasons. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to, no matter how mad I am, 
um, at Donald Trump, and I'm mad at him every day. And you get mad um, now. You get mad, man. I get, I, I get mad. I get mad. But, but at the same time, you know, Donald Trump's one of his closest advisors is Newt Gingrich. And you, you see in the book, I talk about how I work with Newt Absolutely. on opioids. I work with Newt on um, uh, the criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, it used to be the case that you could, you know, you fight where you don't agree and you work together where you do agree. Right. Now we fight where we don't agree and we won't even speak. So we can't work together where we do agree. <laughs> and, that's, so. that's, and that really is the problem. So I want to get a quick uh, feedback because I thought this was important in your book. 25 years ago, you know, the Rodney King video, because that had a profound effect and that also led to you doing a peaceful march at Dolores Park. And, and then you was, why am I being arrested? It's peaceful. So, mm-hmm. and that kind of like sets the stage a little bit. There's a lot of different, I would tell you, there's a lot of different things in life that make who you are today. But that was a profound moment in the book. And it was a relatable moment for me because I was living in L.A. at the time and I was in the heart of it. I saw it mm-hmm. live. I drove around mm-hmm. it. I drove through the communities. Black-owned signs were popping up on all these businesses so they wouldn't be impacted by any damage. And mm-hmm. it was really crazy. And But mm-hmm. you were not there. So I just wanted to see how it affected you, and I was right in this to say the jungle. I was in the war zone. Well, you know, I was in Northern California um, mm-hmm. that spring of 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, I was a young, idealistic law student, and I was working for a civil rights organization. Mm-hmm. And some of the, you know, there were, uh, even though you were in the middle of everything in L.A., mm-hmm. there were rallies and protests all across the country, maybe all around the world, behind Rodney King. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, you have an unarmed black man being beaten and videotaped, mm-hmm. well, you know, beaten by the cops and videotaped. Mm-hmm. Back then, videotape was hard to, to come by. It wasn't <laughs> like now everybody got a phone. Right, I right, mean, right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, it, was, it had never been captured before what we were going through. Mm-hmm. And we just knew these cops were going to go to jail, and none of them went to jail, so mm-hmm. people took to the streets. Mm-hmm. And I was in the Bay Area and had been asked by my boss to go and just do legal observation and mm-hmm. make sure the cops were obeying the rules and nothing got out of hand. Mm-hmm. And they swept everybody up, including my little, you know, educated, <laughs> uh, thought I was above it no all. No peace, but no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Exactly. And, and I wasn't even chanting. I was just walking <laughs> alongside with my little clipboard trying to take notes. Mm-hmm. And then um, I looked around. I said, Jesus, man, you know, my... my uh, Communities' free speech rights are being trampled on. Nobody done anything violent mm-hmm. um, in 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 you know that march, mm-hmm. and um, and it just underscored to me the need to work on criminal justice and policing yeah. issues, and that's really what I I focused on, and and I learned so much doing that because when you're working on policing issues and criminal justice, yes, you sir. really have to work at the grassroots level. Yes, Most top level politicians are not going to deal with you, yes, and so you're going to be dealing with grandmamas and, and preachers and, mm-hmm. and youth and, and other folks until you get some victories going. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and I'll never forget uh, what it's like when you're fighting the whole system mm-hmm. with just you know a few allies, right. but then to be able to win sometimes, it just shows you, you the power of the people. My man. I want to thank you for calling my show. I hope it was a good time, a good ride for you there, man. Yeah, yeah it, it was. And I just want to ask everybody, you know, Beyond the Messy Truth, that's the name of my book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get the book. It's gonna. It's, I promise you, however you're feeling, when you get done with the book, <laughs> you're going to feel better. And join the Love Army, lovearmy.org, and let's, let, you know, let's, let's try to, to get us to a better place. I'm not going to let this orange weirdo steal my joy. We're going to keep moving. But, man, I love you. I watch you. 
uh, your passion is what what drives me to continue to be a fan of yours. Keep doing well, what you're doing. That. Don't stop. And I'm gonna post this on our money making conversation uh, Facebook page and our Twitter account. And we're gonna keep building and selling the brand of Van Jones. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Now. Appreciate. It. Cool. Please welcome to I, I want to say uh, attorney now called small entrepreneur. Please welcome to the show attorney Benjamin Crump. Hey, thank you so much, Mr. Hopper, for having me. And uh, we talk at least twice a week, if not more. <laughs> we talked yesterday, in fact. And it's about, because I, I, I just want to talk about, uh, you know, we're going to be on for two breaks here, Attorney Crump. And I just want to talk about the journey because I've, I've watched you grow. And, you know, you were just a, a, a solid attorney in the Tallahassee office in Florida, just doing the right things and uh, about trying to impact people's lives. And then yes. the Trayvon Martin thing happened. And that just thrust you out into the forefront of America. It was a very controversial case, a case that uh, uh, that, that covered a lot of uh, had a lot of media attention. How did that change your life? Certainly, I was uh, trying to do what I believe was my life's mission and fight for the civil rights and the due process of uh, people from my community, people who look like me, and for people who were Americans. It didn't matter whether you were black, white, Hispanic. You just wanted to try to use the blessings and the education that God gave you mm-hmm. with this law degree mm-hmm. to try to do good. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we were doing. Thurgood Marshall was my personal hero, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I tried to pattern my career after Justice Marshall. Mm-hmm. And uh, in doing so, I have got quite successful at it, and people are... Uh, Rashawn started calling me, referring cases to me, mm-hmm. especially in the matters of civil rights right. with uh, the killings of unarmed people of color. And that was the call I got with Trayvon Benjamin Martin mm-hmm. after February 26, 2012, when he was killed by uh, a neighborhood watch volunteer with a 9 millimeter gun mm-hmm. uh, as he walked home with a can of tea and a bag of Skittles. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there... It became the number one news story in the world Mm -hmm. in 2012, which was quite significant, Mm -hmm. Rashawn, because I know you are used to helping uh, get exposure Mm -hmm. uh, for individuals and matters. And it was fascinating to me about Trayvon because when I first started it, we couldn't get anybody to cover it. I remember. But then it became, yeah, nobody cared about a little black boy getting killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was almost like a cliché. But once we were able to communicate to society that Trayvon Martin life mattered mm-hmm. and why it mattered, it was really astonishing. And I give a lot of credit to God uh, because people started caring about his life. And for the first time ever, you had the death of a little black boy being covered on the, every major magazine in America, Time Magazine, Newsweek, uh, uh uh, Ebony, Jet, Essence, I mean, right. it was everywhere. And so I think that was the thing that at least introduced me to many Americans who did not know who Benjamin Crump was. You know, I'm going to tell you how impactful that a whole uh, scenario was uh, involving surrounding Trayvon Martin because hoodies was a big impactful moment because he was wearing a hoodie and yes, any African-American teen wearing a hoodie, is they, are they automatically a suspect? 
And at the time, Steve and I, we had the Neighborhood Awards now, but it was called the Hoodie Awards. And I actually had to change the name because of the fact that people thought it was a tribute show to the Trayvon Martin situation. And uh, and not to, because you know, like I say, just just you know, we were going, we was in transition anyway. But it did mm-hmm. kind of like accelerated the change of from because people are always trying to figure out what well, well, hoodie, what is what does that mean? And then we mm-hmm. we went on and said because it was just short for neighborhood awards. And so, yeah. but because of the, the 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 situation with Trayvon Martin and the hoodies, it was so many people inundating us with emails and and texts and the phone calls asking, was this event in Vegas? Was this a tribute? To the uh, to the Trayvon Martin situation, so I just know how big it became, and still resonates to resonates today. And probably was the reason that Black Lives Matters really was launched behind uh, yeah. the uh, galvanized behind the actions that came about. That you know, I just wanted to bring that out front because I don't want anybody to think this is a show. Uh, we're talking about civil rights concerns. About it's about the changes in your life that are now offering you opportunities to expand your brand and your brand is very recognizable because I know I'm out in public with you all the time. <laughs> That's crazy. It really, it really, it's good crazy though, because you're just so, you people come up to you in such a humble, respectful manner and they, they put a, a, a tremendous burden on you of responsibility, correct? Absolutely. And I think it's because all of us have children and we love our children and we care about our children. So when they see people out there uh, standing up for their children, speaking up for their children, and fighting for their children in the court of law and in the court of public opinion, they recognize that Trayvon could have been their child, too. Mm-hmm. And I just want to digress for a second to say to you, Steve, what you, uh, Rashawn, what you and Steve did with the Neighborhood Awards is still inspirational, man. I mean, that whole idea of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's recognize people in the neighborhood for doing good. That don't often happen. Yes, and believe you me, Rashawn, that, that was a loss on any of us, that great vision that you had. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, my, and, and, and don't believe uh, uh, it's, it's, it's dead in the water, okay? <laughs> I know because I get, I, get, I get approached by too many people. It, and my life is going in a positive direction. Steve's life is going in a positive direction. And I, and I feel that one has to allow each each sides to grow in order to come back together to do something great together again. And I feel really comfortable when I say that. And I feel comfortable when I say this about the fact that, you know, you, you're about to do something real big. It's one of the reasons we have you on the show today. The Ben Crump National Law Firm. That's the entrepreneur side we're going to talk about. Just give us a short scenario of what it is, and we come back from break, we're going to talk in detail about the Ben Crump Law Firm and why you got involved at that magnitude. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, Thurgood Marshall is my personal hero, and the yes, movie sir. is coming out. I have a small cameo, and I'm thrilled to death to be in a movie about my hero. Mm-hmm. But Thurgood Marshall went all over America trying to use his talents and his legal skills to try to make the most impact he could, not just for the individuals affected by the injustices, but mm-hmm. on the conscience of America. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is trying to impact the conscience of America. Right. And with this Ben Crump Law Firm, using the brand that you helped establish, I think I'll be able to serve more people on a greater scale. And that's what it's really about, trying to do as much as you can for as many people as you can and make a difference. And now that I have a, a business apparatus mm-hmm. uh, to the Ben Crumb Law Firm, I think I can do it even more productively. 
Great. When we come back, we're going to talk about the different areas of practice that the Ben Crop Law Firm will cover. Again, uh, welcome to Money Making Conversation. On the phone right now is the incredible civil rights attorney, businessman, uh, host, personality, uh, a guy who's changing the world every time I see him. He's doing something spectacular. And when I on this next break, you're going to hear uh, about movies. You're going to hear about TV shows. You're going to hear about books. All under the brand of Attorney Benjamin Crump. Be right back with more Money Making Conversation. We're doing big things on this show, y'all, because we got big time guests like Attorney Benjamin Crump. We'll be right back. Hi, Rashawn McDonald back with more Money Making Conversations. On the phone, I have the incredible, the talented, and motivating Attorney Benjamin Crump. How you doing, Benjamin? I'm doing good, brother Rashawn McDonald, my advisor, who always <laughs> makes my brand look good. Thank you, my friend. We were talking about your the national law firm that you're launching. Will we say it's launching this month? Yes, sir. Okay. It will be, uh, you will hear so much about the brand mm-hmm. in the arena of Ben Crump Law on uh, radio, yes. television, billboards. Social. It's going to let everybody know that they can get access to the Ben Crump Law Firm if they are facing an injustice. Now, and these injustices come in different areas of practice. Now, you have civil rights, which we already talked about, but then you have employment law, medical malpractice, workman's compensation, and class actions and more. Can you break down exactly, when you say, like, uh, employment law, medical, what, what exactly does that mean? When somebody's in trouble, they can call your firm, it'll be an 800 number and a website, and they can get yes. access to lawyers who respond back to them immediately? Absolutely. They can reach uh, us at 800-859-9999 uh, anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about employment law, if I could just talk about some of these areas. Absolutely. Um, employment law, you know, in America, we have a right not to have to face a hostile work environment. Mm-hmm. So if you feel that you are being subjected to racial discrimination, uh, sexual harassment, mm-hmm. uh, age discrimination, mm-hmm. uh, if you have been made to work overtime and not be fairly compensated. Right. All these variety of things that have uh, caused you a hostile work environment, then the Ben Crump Law Firm is ready to fight for you to get justice in those matters. Because, because technology is kind of like blurred the work hour schedule, correct? Because you can text people, you can email people, and, and then sometimes employees don't know when to respond off hours or should they respond off hours. And that's what you're talking about when you said the blurred lines are put you in a position yeah. of are you compensated for that? Does that is that part of your job description that if you got a text or an email on a Saturday or a Sunday, are you supposed to respond to that? That's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. And will you be paid time and a half if it's over your 40-hour work period? Mm-hmm. And so all these things come up. The fact that women are being paid almost 50% less than men for doing the same exact job as men. Mm-hmm. The fact that you don't have uh, diversity mm-hmm. at the uh, executive levels of companies that serve majority uh, minority communities mm-hmm. and the fact that there has been a glass ceiling placed mm-hmm. on men, women, and minorities. So these are the things we're looking at because, as Martin Luther King said, economics was the final frontier of civil rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And that's very important that we say that because of the fact that your law firm, and I really want to say that because I want anybody to think that your law firm is just about civil rights cases. Your, your yep. law firm is engaging itself, in, like I said, in employment law, medical yep. malpractice, workman compensation. Class actions. Class actions, which are very important. And it's a very competitive field. And the reason I wanted to bring you on the phone to talk on my show to talk about it is because everybody got a commercial, it seems. Everybody got a TV show, a, a TV show or a TV commercial about lawsuits. They got 800 numbers with just blank screens just pop up. Talk about call this number if you've been affected by some type of talcum powder or been affected by some type of some type of medicine that you were supposed to take. All this is just popping up. Does it by calling your number, by 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 putting your face on it, it gives them a sense of a value to the person that they're calling for help, right? Certainly. And that's a, a big part of the money making conversation that I so often have with you. It is about branding, a brand that they feel they know, mm-hmm. they feel they can trust in their darkest hour somebody who they believe will fight for them Mm -hmm. and won't abandon them in any way or uh, not protect their interests completely. And so that's when they see the Ben Crump law banner. What they're getting is Ben Crump the same way I fought for so many high-profile cases, whether it's Trayvon Martin, whether it's Michael Brown and Ferguson, whether it's the 13 black women who were raped in Oklahoma by the uh, police officer, Mm-hmm. The same way they saw me be dogmatic in those cases, we're going to be dogmatic when you have a loved one who wow. goes to the hospital and for whatever reason they are catastrophically made worse or yes. even die. Yes. You know, yes. we're there for mama, we're there for your wife, your husband in those uh, tragic circumstances. Also, I want to point out, which is happening more and more with the advent of all of these guns. Uh, Rashawn, nightclub shootings, apartment shootings, right. uh, where you have negligent security where you felt safe, you actually paid extra money for your apartment complex to have security, and then for whatever reasons, the security was not adequate and you were injured. We're looking at all these type of things because it is not just a, a civil rights matter, but it's also about protection of the law and making sure that you have a right to have your civil wrongs redressed. You know what I like about the fact that your brand of, of Ben Crump, the brand, the, 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 because I, because I see, like I tell you, I see people walk up to you on a regular basis. We can be at a McDonald's. I've been with him at McDonald's. I've been at the airport. We've been sitting up, we're sitting up waiting on a car rental. We've been sitting in a hotel lobby and they all come up with the same uh, glowing, a feeling of, of, of trust, a glowing feeling that we're so thankful that you have our voice, that you are trying to give us a back. And that's what I want people to understand, that this what he's building with the Ben Crump Law Firm is an opportunity for you not to be afraid. Don't be afraid that nobody's going to listen to you. Don't be afraid that you can't have your voice heard. That's what the Ben Crump Law Firm is all about, and that's what that, that's. I think that's really key because so many people who are underserved that have no voice are fearful to come out and speak, and so they they remain a, a, a victim or a bound by their uh, disservice. Correct? Absolutely, and, and you hit it right on the nail. When you say oftentimes people don't do anything because they feel nobody is going to stand with them, nobody's going to fight for them, and especially talking about brands, what you did uh, incredibly is help launch uh, 
my brand into the television space yes, with evidence of innocence and the fact that those individuals were wrongfully incarcerated mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. complete innocence, and they felt nobody would stand with them. Mm-hmm. So we're highlighting all these injustices because neutrality in the face of injustice is injustice. So when a bad thing happens to you, mm-hmm. don't be afraid. I, I don't care, Rashad, if it's something as simple as a worker's compensation claim where you slipped and fell and you hurt your hip or you had to have surgery on your back as a result of it, and you now feel fear for a retribution for you yes. going to get the proper help that you need yes. from your employer. Yes. That's what being Crump Law is there for, to help mm-hmm. fight those battles with you so you're not alone. Wow, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, let, let's switch gears here a little bit. Coming out this Friday. Coming out this Friday. <laughs> There's a movie called Marshall starring Chadwick Boseman. That's my man. If you if you watch uh, the uh, Captain America movie, he played the back Black Panther. In Black. Yep. If you watch the movie 42, he starred as Jackie Robinson. So you'll be making a cameo appearance, to my understanding, my friend, in this movie that's coming out this Friday called Marshall, correct? Absolutely. It's a, an incredible movie, uh-huh. Rashawn. And, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in it, and I'm not just saying that because it's about my personal hero, yes, Thurgood Marshall, and introducing him to a new generation yes, of uh, Americans, but also reigniting the next generation of lawyers who care about people, mm-hmm. social justice engineers. And in this movie, uh, Chadwick Bosman does an incredible job as Thurgood Marshall. Your good friend, Reginald Hudlin, is the director. Mm-hmm. He does a masterful job. It's already getting a lot of buzz about Academy of Consideration. Mm-hmm. And everybody in America who's listening to the Rashawn McDonald money-making conversation should go out on this weekend this and Friday. see this movie. This it Friday. Is a, take the whole family. I mean, it's a really good movie that makes Thurgood Marshall very, not only relevant, but relatable. Mm-hmm. You get to see this person who's going to remind a lot of young people that Thurgood Marshall was a man. I know he became this iconic figure, yes, uh, becoming the first black Supreme Court justice in Oregon landmark cases like Brown versus the Board of Education. But at his core, he was a lot like you and I, Rashawn, <laughs> just a, a brother who was trying to do good <laughs> and really trying to use the talents and the blessings that God gave him to make the biggest impact possible. And so when you go see this movie, it's an all-star cast. It got Kate Hudson. It got uh, Josh Gad, who played uh, Olaf mm-hmm. in Frozen and was also in the Kevin Hart movie, Wedding Ringers, who does a really incredible job. Mm-hmm. You got Sterling K. Brown, who just won his second Emmy Award. Mm-hmm. This one for This Is Us, before he won it, uh, for his portrayal of Christopher Darden mm-hmm. in People vs. O.J., I mean, it's a, a stellar cast. And, and more important, they got attorney Benjamin Crump. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the funny joke is this here. Uh, when we come on the train myself and uh, Trayvon Martin parents are also in it, uh, the crowd just erupts and applause. Oh, and so Reginald and uh, the actors say, man, we everybody's starting to feel some kind of way every time y'all come on the screen, everybody start clapping. Right. We've been on the screen the whole time, nobody <laughs> clapping for us. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, I know we're running out of time, but I got to bring up this next big project that's coming up. It's called 
Who Shot Tupac? You're the host of it. It's on A&E. It's a six-part series, and that's coming out in November, correct? Yep, November 21st, and for six weeks, uh, every Tuesday night, it's a, a riveting uh, asset. It's a riveting documentary mm-hmm. look into not only what happened and who killed Tupac, but also it talks about due process, and it's a real education, and we have some explosive bombshell information that has never been seen before. Mm-hmm. We really feel we're giving Tupac Shakur the investigation, the due process that eluded him 20 years ago. So so that's the 21st, that's the Tuesday. So we have you back on the show on the 20th, that Monday, to talk Perfect. about it. Just really give you that big final push to make sure everybody know that this is something that's, that's important and it may become an ongoing documentary-type style series for you on A&E, correct? Absolutely. Uh, that's why we got to have everybody watch and everybody chime in because people are telling our stories more mm-hmm. and they want people like Rashawn Sayer who they think uh, are relatable, yes, people who they trust telling those stories. And that's what a brand is all about, right, Rashawn? Absolutely. And that's why I think it's, I, that's why I know it's important that when I bring you on the show, I just wanted everybody to know, and it's just so that, you know, in, this, in the world we live in today, you know, diversity and, 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 and taking advantage of the, of the lanes of opportunity and still maintaining your dignity in your craft. That's what I love about you. You know, the evidence of innocence, that was right in your lane. You know, making an appearance in the Third Good Marshall movie, that's right in your lane. Trying to pursue the truth in the Tupac murder, that's right in your lane. And then in January, I mean, in February, you're going to have your first book coming out. But we're going to talk about that on the next show because I, don't want, I want everybody to understand that this month, that you are launching the Ben Crump Law Firm. Uh, call this young man. I believe in him. I trust him. We talk two or three times a week. Just talk about life. We was, he was involved in the hurricane out there delivering uh, supplies with the with the with the police officers down there because yep. he's from Tallahassee. So he was impacted in Florida personally by that past hurricane. So he never does not. He he always has time to help, either in the courtroom or in the community. Ben Crump. My guest is on the line. I got to start talking and interviewing him. First of all, I, I was in New York City at the Circular Sisters Expo, uh, hosted by WBLS every year. Just a jam-packed organization for the empowerment of women. And uh, he was there. I didn't even know he was there. Walked by him. Of course, every time you walk by him, he's talking to somebody. And he always has a crowd of people around him. I tapped him on the shoulder and just kept walking. Wasn't going to bother him. He making that money. And then I... Then I finished my photo session and I walked in the room and here he was on stage talking about 5,000 people just just five every seat was filled and he was on stage talking about five to 5,000 people I just want to set the stage of who I'm talking to on this phone this man's a, a motivator he's a game changer and I've been knowing him almost 10 years now so let me get this intro in so y'all can hear why I'm excited to have him on money making conversation my next guest writes a book a year Woo! a book a year he is the author of the number one New York Times best-selling book, Shred, The Revolutionary Diet, Super Shred, The Big Results Diet, The Shred Diet Cookbook. Dr. Smith's highly anticipated newest book, Blast, The Sugar Out, became an instant New York Times bestseller, helping hundreds of thousands of people reduce bad sugars from their diet, lose weight, lower blood sugar levels, and cut the cravings. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Dr. Ian Smith. 
Hey, what's up, Rashawn? <laughs> hey, man, I'm so happy to hear you because you are a true go-getter, man. <laughs> you know well, that. you are too, and you know we're all in that orbit. But you know when you know when you're blessed, um, when God has blessed you with things and assets and abilities, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's your obligation to try to pay it forward and help others and and have a good time while you're doing it. Well, you know, I'm familiar with your style. I'm familiar with all the way. We go all the way back to the 50 million pound challenge with State Farm back in 2007. Right. I want to say. We was in D.C. and it was cold. We launched that giant campaign that was so successful. And the reason I always I'm happy you're on the show. We talking. We, the thing that that I want to say this correctly. It almost makes you mad that people are just out there just killing themselves because they don't want to understand the necessary. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get them the tools to a healthy lifestyle. Correct? Yeah. Well, you know, I do get frustrated sometimes. Um, luckily, not all the time, but I do get frustrated and. My frustration is not one where I'm upset at people. It's one feeling like if I could just get more people to invest in themselves and just turn the corner as far as the way they think, their mentality, about the importance of leading just a better life. I've never asked, Rashawn, for anyone to eat perfectly or to move perfectly or to be perfect. That's not what my message is. My message is if you do a few things just a little better, then it can drastically improve not just the quality of your life, but the length of your life. Now, now, when I was in New York and I'm seeing you on stage, you know, and you are, you're talking, there's like 5,000 people in this room. And like I said, it was not a seat empty. People were standing against the walls listening to you talk. When you're talking to a room that big, not everybody is understanding your message, and some of them don't even know why they're listening to you, what you have to say. How do you take a room that big and, 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 and craft your narrative so they can understand that, Look at here. You're just there to provide information and an, an opportunity for a longer and better life, correct? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. And when I'm in a room of that size with that many people, I really focus on one or two people. I don't feel like I'm talking to a whole room. I really try to make that intimate connection with one or two people. And so I'll look people, I'll find people in the audience and connect with them. And, I, and, and I, I'm, I'm talking to them directly, and everyone else is kind of eavesdropping on that conversation. And right. That allows me to feel like I am engaged. Uh, that allows me to, to, to get that kind of connection. And you speak to large audiences, too. Right. You know it's important <laughs> to be able to read the temperature of the room. Yes. And that's important because you want to get the head nodder, you know what I'm saying, the people who point at that's you. Right. You know, <laughs> when you look over there, they smiling at you. Eye contact. Right. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go, Doc. Come on, Doc. <laughs> see, 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 I know, Doc. We, we've been sitting in my office. We've laughed, man. We've been in the streets <laughs> laughing. Because, see, what I want to take away from this show is that, like I had the doctor, Yolanda Raglan, on the show, successful podiatrist out of New York City and D.C. area, very popular foot surgeon and it's personality man you know you write all these books but in the end man you're not controlling 5,000 people unless you have a personality correct well yeah and I think that you know one of the reasons why I got into television um, was because I felt as though I wanted to be more than just a doctor in a white coat mm-hmm. because doctors are people too you know we got bills to pay we like to go to the movies <laughs> you know we like the ball game so I think that by me being able to take off the white coat and being able to relate to people on their level mm-hmm. and about issues that are important to them has been really, really rewarding to me. And hopefully along the way, I've helped a few people. Now, here's when, I, when I'm reading this book. Now, I've read several of your books in the past. 
And I, I can tell you the truth because he's been on talk shows with me, all my talk show, radio shows, so I have to know when people come on the show what they're talking about so I can be able to you know, make sure Steve, Steve, me, Steve Harvey knew what he was talking about. So when I say I've read several of his books in the past, I'm telling you the honest truth. Now, but this book felt a little more personal because you talk about your twin brother, okay? Yeah. And then you also talk about, you know, I believe your grandmother, correct? Yes, yes. And, and, and how this changed her life. So there are two yeah. different age groups that you're discussing in this book. And, and, you know, you're also talking younger, but those were specific to me, and I never heard you talk like that in your books before. So was this a more personable book to you, personal book? Well, it, was, yeah, it definitely was more personal. Uh, you know, the title of the book is called Blast the Sugar Out, and I decided this year that I was going to take on sugar for several reasons. One, because sugar is everywhere. Manufacturers are putting sugars in our foods unnecessarily. Now, listen, I like sweet things as much as the next person, so I'm not trying to say get rid of sugar or eliminate it. I'm saying we need to reduce the amount of excess added sugars that are doing nothing to us. Right. And my brother, ironically, is my twin brother. Mm-hmm. I happened to be writing this book, and he and I were just in a conversation. He lived in L.A. We were just talking on the phone, and he was just telling me how much better he felt. And I said, well, why do you feel so so good he said well i cut sugar out Mm -hmm. and i couldn't believe it here i was writing a book about reducing sugar and here he was doing it and neither one of us had communicated to each other that we were (laughs) both attacking the same thing y'all twins y'all twins yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) but you know what's interesting is i learned from his experience and i incorporated in my introduction is that he said that it's not that he was feeling bad yes but he was feeling sluggish he's a marathon runner he wasn't feeling like himself and then he realized on his own that he was eating too much sugar, that sugar was everything. And so, you know, that in combination with my grandmother, who was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. uh, in her 60s, and I was a medical student, a first-year medical student at the time. Right. And, you know, when I went home for, for spring break, for semester break, you know, I really worked with her on tr- trying to right. change how she ate and how she moved. My grandmother even joined the gym, so here you can imagine a 60-something-year-old black woman from the South who'd never been in the gym in her life. You know, I had, I had her in the gym working out and stuff like that. But here's the good news, though. Right. Two weeks later, she went to her doctor. Her doctor said, what have you been doing? And she said, why do you say that? He said, I'm going to have to cut your medications, your diabetes medications in half because your blood sugars have dropped precipitously. And she said, well, my grandson has me eating a little better and I'm exercising. And that was way back in the day that I learned that. Right. And so when I wrote this book, I wanted that to be my guiding spirit about how I can talk to people on their level about how small changes can yield big differences. And that's really funny that you say that because I was I was doing because I was doing a money making conversations a seminar at WBLs and I told people that you, your whole goal in life is for your resume and the things that you hype about yourself to become one. That way you understand your future. And I say in order to understand your future, you have to look in your past. Because yes. there's a foundation and information that you've actually gained or been given in your past that will set forth economic money-making conversations for you in the future. And you just answered Absolutely. that question right there. You said it's something that you knew about. when you and, and with your grandmother, now you now it's kind of like the light bulb went off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know what, Rashawn, it's interesting to say that because you talk about economic past and, you know, I'm very blessed now and I, I'm in a great position in life, but like right. everyone else, I had economic issues like anybody else, by the way. Right. And I, I learned a valuable lesson many, many years ago when I had spent more than I, you know, owned and more than I was making and <laughs> yeah. found myself, you know, like everyone does, 
and I found myself in a very, very precarious situation. And I'll never forget that day. It was the middle of the day, right. and I was wiped out, and I said to God, I, this is the truth. I got on my knees. I was living in New York City on the Upper East Side. I got on my knees and said to the Lord, if you help me get out of this financial debacle that I'm in right now, right. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever, ever return to it. I will pay my bills on time. I will not overspend. And I made this commitment to him. And I'm telling you, God is my witness, two weeks later, two weeks later, I got a check in the mail for Mm $25,000 from Germany. I had no (laughs) idea why I got this check. This this is the truth. It's crazy, Rashawn. Uh And what happened was I had written a book that did not sell in the U.S. Right. But someone saw the manuscript and and the book market in Germany, and they bought it. Unbeknownst to me, they bought it. And so... I didn't know it had sold. I didn't know it was being sold in Germany, mm-hmm. and here I got this check for twenty five thousand dollars. And I know I did. The first thing I did, I said to God, "I'm gonna do what I told you I was gonna do." I go. took all there that money. There you go. Took all that money. I kept five hundred dollars in the bank for myself. Mm-hmm. Took the rest of the twenty five thousand dollars and paid off my debt, like I told him I was gonna do. And I've been straight ever since. But that. But the thing about it is that you said, you asked, and then you did. A lot of people That's get right. it and they go, well, you know, you know, you know, I'm going to change the plan just a little bit. But you can't <laughs> change the plan a little bit. No, no. you got to stay true to the game. you got to stay true to the game. Absolutely, and, that, and that's that's the beauty of it. And, and so, so you know, you know, we're gonna do two breaks there, Doc. So, but, okay. but I wanted to, you know, let my listening audience. And guess what? You know, we 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 you you back in the Rashawn McDonald family now. So you know, this is okay. the first time or the last time you're gonna be on my show. It's heard on you know my iPod. It's heard on Houston, Texas, of course, but also iPod. I have a podcast on iHeartRadio, so you know millions of people are listening to this as well. So my whole thing with you is that. You know, just watching your brand. Like I said, to know somebody 10 years, you know you've seen a journey. And I'm not saying your right. journey is over with. And now you own right. Rachel Ray. Tell me about that. Well, it's great. So, you know, they called me. Uh, this is my ninth season with them. They mm-hmm. called me randomly and said, would you come on and do some segments with us? Yes, sir. And I said, sure. And um, I met with the executive producer, you know, all about that. And uh, the ET brought me in. Mm-hmm. And we have just had a tremendous relationship. I am. Uh, her head medical contributor. I'm also I co-host with her also, so yes, I'm on the show with her. Where I co-host the whole show with her. It's just a great relationship. She's great. In fact, you got to come on the show. She's great. Uh, we have a good time. I'm flying out there today mm-hmm. uh, to do a segment on osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really a good show. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I just enjoy it. I enjoy it. Right, let's let's get talk. Let's talk about your book now because we're going to talk about your book. But first, you got to talk about Rashawn in this book. I got to let you know who you're talking to. Because your title, Blast the Sugar Out, is so funny that I'm talking to you. Now, you're talking to a guy who, when he goes out to eat in the restaurant, I order my dessert before my meal, okay? (laughs) That's one. Two, if if you pick up my phone right now and you went through my apps, I have the Krispy Kreme Hot Light app. So that means that I press that button, it tells me wherever I'm at in the country that has a Krispy Kreme, if the hot light is on, they hot. And guess what your boy do? I pull over. I pull <laughs> over. I'm just letting you know, Dr. Yusuf, I am crazy about my sweets. Now, my wife will tell you this. Uh, uh, butter pecans, my ice cream. Now, Mine too. Mine uh, there too. you go. There you go. But see, you, Blue Bell ice cream. I'm from Texas now. Blue Bell ice cream. I will eat a half gallon of ice cream in a week now. I will eat that 
in a week. So so when you when you write a book called Blast the Sugar Out, you and me got to talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I I know exactly what your brother was feeling because whenever I get off of sugar, man, I feel bad. I will um cuz every cuz like in, in the first quarter of every year, I go on a non-sweet diet, a non-salt mm-hmm. diet. And I lose mm-hmm. about Anywhere from 10 to 15, 15 pounds. I do it all okay. the time. Once I, I was diagnosed with, uh, with cancer, I successfully went through surgery. It was thyroid, and I've been given a clean bill of health three years ago. So God I do bless. look at my health now. But I wanted to tell you exactly who you're talking to before <laughs> we start talking about your book in this next break. So you won't okay. go, you know, because people always go, well, he's, he look healthy. He's, he, he probably eat good all the time. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, right. I don't, Doc. Right. And so, before we go to the next break, what do you say to idiots like me that that out there and just got a, a Krispy Kreme hot light app on his phone before we eat a meal in a restaurant? He orders dessert. He eats a half a gallon of Blue Bell Butter Become ice cream in a week. What do you say to people like me, dude? Well, first, first thing I would say to you is that you're not an idiot because millions of people are addicted to sweets. And I was addicted to, yes, and I got, I got 15,000 people who are on our Facebook page. It's called Sugar Blasters. Yes, sir. And these guys all share the same thing you're talking about. And you know what? Uh-huh. The average weight loss these people are experiencing is 20 pounds in five weeks on the program. Yes, so you're not an idiot. You're like everybody else. And I'll tell you this before we go. A donut, by the way, has less added sugar in it than a Coke mm-hmm. or a Snapple iced tea. You know something? We're going to talk about it when they get back, about lemonade. Okay. You know, and the restaurants right. that give you all you can drink and re- free refills. We're going to talk about That's that. That's right. When we come back right back, we're going to be more with my man. I love you, man. I'm so happy you called in, brother. We're going to, have a, we're going to do this. Blast the, Blast the Sugar Out is the name of the book. He's traveling to New York to do another episode of Rachel Ray. We'll be back with more of Dr. Ian, Dr. Ian Smith, number one New York Times bestselling author of Shred. But Blast the Sugar Out is his new book. We'll be right back with more money-making conversations. Hi, this is Sean McDonald. I'm back, your host of Money Making Conversation. On the phone, I have Dr. Ian Smith, long-time relationship, over 10 years, co-host of the nationally syndicated Rachel Ray Show and the New York Times. I'm just talking about, he owns New York Times, bestseller, Shred. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but what we're on the show to talk about right now is his new book called Blast the Sugar Out. And I already told, I already made my confessions about who I was and who he was talking to. And he said, Rashawn, don't feel bad. There are a lot of people out to you. That's why I wrote this book. Now, let's talk about that book. This book, without, you know, you talk about books, you got to be able to talk about the book, but not give away the book so people go buy the book. Tell us about Blast the Sugar Out. Sure. So, this book basically is a book that helps people reduce the amount of sugars that they're consuming. It doesn't ask them to eliminate it. Thank you. Doesn't ask them to eat perfectly. Yes, sir. It's regular food, by the way. You, when you go, every day is spelled out for you. Five weeks, the average weight loss is up to twenty pounds in five weeks. But it's regular food. So, you know, day one, day two, all the way through the end, people can buy this in grocery stores anywhere near them. It doesn't have to be gourmet. This is a book that the whole family can do. I have families who are doing this together because right. they're foods that kids eat and adults eat. Right. But this is something I want your listeners to really take away. Yes, sir. First, you have to know how much you're eat, how much sugar you're eating, and this is how you figure it out. When you see the numbers on the back of a label, the grams of sugar, mm-hmm. you divide that number by four. The number you get as a result of that division is how many teaspoons 
are in one serving of that product. So, mm-hmm. if it says, for example, that the soda has 55 grams of sugar, which, by the way, a 20-ounce bottle of, of, of cola can do that, 65 grams of sugar, you divide that by four, that's almost 16 teaspoons of sugar in that one bottle. Mm. This is very important for people to listen. So Say that one more time, Doc. Say that one more time. Take the number on the back of the label of grams of sugar, mm-hmm. divide it by four. The number you get is how many teaspoons you are consuming in one serving of that product. Mm. Because the reason it's important because, see, when I do gain weight, Doc, is when I am, I'm a big water drinker. When I go out to mm-hmm. at home, I drink, uh, waiters or waitresses, they just look at me and go, for real, dude. I would just drink water, water, fill, please. I mean, big glasses of water. And so sure. I just love water. And uh, and so sometimes I go in a restaurant and they say, free lemonade refills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I'm sitting up there drinking four to five glasses of lemonade. And that's just like mm-hmm. what you just said. I'm just drinking, I'm just eating teaspoons of sugar when I'm doing that, correct? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if you're going to do that, by the way, just as a tip, I like lemonade too, by the way. But what I do when I go to a restaurant and get lemonade, yes, sir. I then take my water and I dilute it, so that it reduces the concentration of the sugar that's in there. So I dilute it. So that's one thing people can do. But when it comes to soda, the studies show that the number one source of excess or added sugars come from sugary drinks like soda. Right. So I tell people the first thing you should do is this: if you drink, let's just say six cans. Some people do, by the way, six cans of soda in the course of the day. Yeah. Divide it in half. Okay, so reduce it down to three cans. Right. And then for the other three that you're taking away, drink some carbonated or seltzer water. Right. And then squeeze some citrus in it, some lime or some lemon to give you a little kick. Right. But that is a, that's something you can do right away to cut down on some of these excess sugars. Because my wife, she does the carbonated water. I didn't know. Yeah. Idea. She, she come over to me and said, oh, no, no, don't me, me, <laughs> no, no, your boy don't do that now. I'm, I'm gonna ride this one out. See, see, I, here's the funny part about it. I'm hearing all your advice, but I'm kind of like, okay, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. But you're telling yeah. the truth, though. You know, like yeah. dilute yeah. that good, that good lemonade. He want me to dilute that good, that good Chick Fil A lemonade. He want me to dilute that. Oh, Chick Fil A is good, isn't it? Chick Fil A got some lemonade. <laughs> Come on, Doc. You ain't lying, Rashad. You are not lying. Right? I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. And those waffle fries. I'll tell you something, Doc. I will go forget the sandwich. I'll give me a large lemonade and I'll give me a large waffle fry. Hop in my car. I don't even do ketchup. They ask me for sauces. I mean, y'all don't know who y'all talking to. Give me my lemonade and my fry and I'm a fool. I, that's the beauty of That's why I know I got to get you back because, see, I want to bring this side. I think through humor, through personality, people will listen more because. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not asking people to suddenly become boring. You're not asking no. people to say, hey, man, whoa, 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 do this, man. I got to change my life. I can't watch TV no more. I can't do nothing. I can't eat good food no more. That's not the truth. You're talking about, hey, you want people to understand what's the difference between brown sugar versus white sugar. Why there's, why, what, when you use honey, the advantages. And with that transition, tell people the difference between brown sugar and and white sugar, and when they say, you know, these different alternatives that yeah. are listed in your well, book, me, that are listed in yeah. great detail in your book. Yeah, let me break it down. So brown sugar and white sugar, from a nutritional standpoint, there is no difference. 
And that's what people don't understand. Marketers and manufacturers and yes, advertisers mm-hmm. have done such a great job of leading the public to believe that because it says raw sugar or brown sugar, that it's healthier. Mm-hmm. The only thing making the sugar brown is that it has molasses on it. Mm-hmm. And so sugar, typically the regular cane sugar, natural cane sugar, is brown because of the molasses. And what typically happens is through the, through the process of processing sugar, we then remove the molasses, we crystallize uh, the sugar cubes, and we get this, this white crystal, this fine white crystal. Mm-hmm. So when people say, well, brown sugar is better, no, 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 no. Brown <laughs> sugar and white sugar have the same nutritional value. But right. if you want to try something different, mm-hmm. you should try something like organic stevia. Stevia comes from the stevia plant. Right. It's very sweet, sometimes right. sweeter than sugar. Mm-hmm. But just make sure it's organic. Because sometimes manufacturers will put a lot of other chemicals in a mixed stevia product. Mm-hmm. The other thing to try is honey. Honey's fantastic. Yes, honey still is sweet. Honey does have some calories in it, but honey also has other good nutritional values to it outside of the sweetness. So the book goes through all the different types of sweeteners. It talks about artificial sweeteners. Right. I am not a fan of artificial sweeteners because the word artificial to me means processed. Right. means it could be damaging to your body. Right. The studies are mixed right now as right. to whether or not they're long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather have a little bit of the real stuff than take the artificial stuff that's been created in the lab. And I'm going to just talk about this honey right quick. I'm a big mm-hmm. pancake guy. You know, I go to Cracker Barrel. I'm going to tell you something. Mm. Them pecan pancakes that they throw out the mm. back of that kitchen and put up there, I get about three or four of them, and I mm. do it up right. I accidentally put honey on my pancakes. And I would have never, I would have never, ever put honey on my pancake. Because I, I grab that maple syrup, my friend. Got to be thick. You know, put a little That's butter right. on top. And That's I right. put it on that on those pancakes. And I, I looked at my wife. I go, what's this? She said, like, you're eating honey. I go, wow. This is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, right? <laughs> pretty good. This is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. And I said, well, but. Yeah. And so, so I, I say that to say that we will tell ourselves, we will deny ourselves before even trying. Because I oh. accidentally tried honey, it's changing my diet. Rashawn, you have hit on such an important point, not just about food, but life in general, About particularly when I talk to African Americans. Right. As I say, you guys, don't say no yet <laughs> based on the name of it or based on the look of it. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. And people get surprised that once they try something they thought they would never like, right. like, for example, they say, well, I don't want to eat that quinoa. What's that quinoa? <laughs> then people try it in a dish. They're like, what is this? Right. I'm like, that's quinoa. Hummus? I'm not going to eat any hummus. Mm-hmm. They try some hummus. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is good. What is this? This mm-hmm. is hummus. So one of the things I try to do in all my books, the book has more than 40 recipes. It has uh, all kinds of snacks in there. Mm-hmm. What I try to do with my books is to open up people's palate. There you and go. And get them there to try go. some things they haven't go. tried before. There you go. And I think that that's why I'm so happy to have you on the show, because I'm that person. I'm that person. I'm the, and in some cases, the extreme, because like I said, I, I don't mm-hmm. think everybody rolling around with a with a Krispy Kreme hot light app on there and, 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 <laughs> and supposed to be one of these polished professionals. You know what I'm saying? I got it, dude. And proudly used it on Saturday when I landed in Atlanta, <laughs> landed at nine o'clock, hit that app. Light was on, drove over there. 
had some had some blueberry cake donuts coming down the line and had the classic glaze. I said, give me six glaze, give me two blueberry, and give me some 2% milk. There you go. Got to have your milk, right? Get some calcium and vitamin D. And, that, and that's the beauty of, of, of doing it right and doing it wrong. But in the process mm-hmm. of hearing and reading your book, I'm just telling you guys, read this book. He's letting me know, okay, there's a five-week program. Let's talk about that five-week program and, and the first week of getting started. Let's talk yeah. about that. So yeah, it's five weeks. Every day is spelled out for you. So breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner with optional snack. All those things are laid out for you with options. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who doesn't eat fish or meat or you're vegetarian, there are enough options you can swap in and out very easily. Yes, sir. There's also some exercise. So I give you some exercises you can do. By the way, I never ask you to work out for an hour in the gym. You don't need to work out for an hour in the gym. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the exercises, you don't need a gym to be able to complete them. Right. So every day you will get your meal plan. And if it's an exercise day, there are rest days. If it's an exercise day, I'll give you a suggested amount of exercise and some exercises to do. And you go day by day by that. And what happens, what you don't, real, what you don't realize is that they don't have to count calories in my program, nothing. All you got to do is be able to measure or look at something. Like if I say a cup or half a cup, that's all you got to do. But the idea is this. Over the course of five weeks, I'm slowly weaning you off mm-hmm. of excess sugars. I'm not taking you off of completely, by the way. Yes, sir. I'm just lowering it down. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I do it gradually is because if you stop consuming sugar cold turkey. Hello? We lost him. Cool. Well, he just dropped off. He's about to go through that big ending. And then he just dropped off. Okay, cool. Let me just wrap this up real quick with Dr. Ian Smith. What, basically what he's saying is that in his book, you know, Blast the Sugar Out, his brother did that. He dropped cold turkey and it just really affected his body. So he's talking from a lane of experience, a lane of understanding that you can't do anything. And I've done that. I've just stopped, you know, just stopped eating those donuts that you've heard me talk about for the last 30 minutes on the air with Dr. Ian Smith. All these things I've done. And guess what? It's not good to do it that way. You have to have a plan. You have to have a process. You have to be able to talk to people to be able to say, this is how it's supposed to be done. And that's what Dr. Ian Smith is saying. Dr. Ian Smith is saying right now. Is he back on the line? Doc, you're back. You're about to end that. You, 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 you're rolling up to a big moment, and then you, then you yeah. left me. Wrap yeah. it up. So I, was saying, so I was saying what happens is that every day you don't go through the withdrawal because I slowly re- reduce your sugar, mm-hmm. and you don't have that rebound that people do who cut off cold turkey, yes, sir. and you don't have those urges because you're still getting sugar, just not too much. And that's really important because, like I was saying, in your book you talk about your bro- twin brother who did that. Mm-hmm. And how, yes. how I really made him miserable, you know, made him a f- made his days longer, and his yes. energy was bad because he did that. And, and, and not he stopped understand- cold turkey. He stopped cold turkey, and that's not smart. Yeah. You know, we're not trying, you know, yeah. this ain't about no drug. You know, you over there got you know, just about just about slowing it down. And I've done the cold turkey turkey thing, tur- cold turkey too. And what happens is I would start vibrating. You know, I would, I would get mm-hmm. nervous a lot because my nervous yeah, system was jittery, jittery. So I know yeah. for a fact what he's saying. That's why it's important to buy this book. Is is it, it tells you how to do it correctly? He's trying to wean you off, trying to not drastically change your diet but educate you and change your diet so you can learn and then feel comfortable and strong every day dr smith it's been amazing man uh appreciate you coming on the show any any parting words before you get out of here my friend 
Absolutely. I want to say this. There are 28 million plus Americans who are type 2 diabetics. Mm-hmm. There are 86 million Americans who are pre-diabetic. That means they're on the verge of diabetes. Yes, sir. With my plan, Blaster Sugar Out, we were able to reduce people's blood sugars mm-hmm. by 30%. Mm-hmm. People are coming off of their, their medications. They are preventing diabetes from happening. So this is not just a book for diabetics. This is a book for all of us, myself included, because all of us are eating too much sugar. We mm-hmm. all need to drop our blood sugar level. And once you do that, life will never be the same. Join me on social media, uh, on Instagram, it's at Dr. Ian Smith, spell the doctor out. And on Twitter, it's at Dr. Ian Smith, D-R-I-A-N Smith. And our Facebook group is called Sugar Blasters. I love you, man. I appreciate you, man. And good luck on uh, Rachel Ray this week. And we'll talk soon. I'm going to tell them to send a link so we can post you on our Money Making Conversation Facebook page and Twitter account. Let's get the word out. We'll talk soon, man. And good luck. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.